Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now, I move all over the world by my spirit. And I look for peoples, large, small, medium, that have a heart toward me in all things. And in those places in which I visit, where the hearts of God's people cries out for me, cries out for my power, cries out for my presence, cries out for my ability, I will stop the visitation and make it a place of my habitation. And I have visited this place many times, but now I'm dealing with your hearts to make this a place of my habitation. For then as I inhabit all that you do, all that you believe, all that you're involved in, you shall see an exponential curve of blessing begin to hit the church. Things you thought would never happen will happen. Places you thought you'd never go, you'll go. Things you thought you'd never do, you'd do. And you'll begin to see like you've never seen, hear like you've never heard, and do like you've never done before, releasing an ability which you've never experienced. So press in, press in, press in to that desire. Press into that heart toward me and you shall see great, great, great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, I believe it. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11 this morning. We've been using a jumping off scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. You don't have to go there, but I'll quote it. It says, For we look not at things that are seen, but at things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal. I like one translation. It says this, subject to change. How many have something in your life you need to change? Well, thank God God's here to help you change it. Amen? So anything in life subject to change. And we also must realize from that scripture that there is an unseen realm. Now, in the, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, if you if you'd just bear with me for a moment, I'll read it in the, uh, in the Passion Bible real quick. Then we'll flip it over to the King James. Passion Bible, Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. Everybody say long for. Now listen to this, how the Amplify, I mean, excuse me, how the uh, Passion Bible puts it. It says, it is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. It's all the evidence required. That's why faith is so important. You say, why? It's all the evidence required. You know, if you, if you were to die and you were, were to go to heaven. And, and there you stand in your, you know, the, 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 what would we call it, the historical or the Hollywood picture of you're standing at the, at the gate of heaven, and, and there's uh, St. Peter, and he asks you the question, why should you be allowed into heaven? What would you say? Would you say, well, I went to church for 20 years, or I, or I gave some money in a minute. No, the only thing you could say is, is because of that guy right there. See him sitting next to God, all that glow and light on the throne. There's someone sitting right next to him on the right side. Ask him why I should come in. That's the only, that's the only access you have to heaven. Is an unseen Savior. Heaven an unseen place. God an unseen God. 
But here you are at church on Sunday morning giving up your time, your, your talent, and your money to hear more and more about what? Things you can't touch with your senses. Now, we are living. This is, this is something that I believe that there needs to be two awakenings in the earth. Number one, and the most important, a spiritual awakening. Then I just, I just believe there are people that just need to wake up, period. We are living in a time in which the sensual download of the world system. You say, what do you mean? Everything that's going on either touches your physical body. Amen. COVID and all its evil cousins and everything that can come from that. It either touches your physical body or it touches your soul, which is your mind, your emotions, and your will. How many have heard some things in the past few months that kind of stir your soul a little bit? Amen. So we're living in a time in which there's been a, by, by the world system, a sensual download. I mean, you can feel it out there. I've talked to, I've had uh, two good, for, two close friends who COVID attacked them and they ended up in the hospital. One of them was a pastor and he was in there for several days. He said this to me and I, I trust him. He's a very spiritual man, knows a lot about things of God, knows a lot about the anointing. He said, Rusty, I'm telling you, I've had, I've had colds, I've had the flu, I've had, he named three or four other things he'd had and dealt with over the years. He said, but when I got this COVID thing, it was, he said, it was the strangest thing I ever had physically. He said, there's something connected to it that's in the spirit realm. He said, something was in my room. He said, I had to bind that thing, I had to speak against it. He said, even when all the physical symptoms left, he said, this, this lethargy hit me in which I just literally just almost shut down. He said, I had to raise up against that. I had to fight against that. He says, with these types of things, it seems like even with physical diseases that are coming onto the earth, there's an unseen force that's with them. That's the adversary. That's the world system. Flexing its muscle, trying to take over everything that's going on. Have you noticed how everything that happens is sensationalized? It's literally blown out of proportion. And then when it gets out of proportion, then it's celebrated. It's some crazy times. You better learn how to navigate them. So, the unseen. Everybody say the unseen. Faith brings our hopes into reality, becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's Word. He spoke... And the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Woo! See, we don't really, we don't really respond to that because we're kind of stuck down here in this see, hear, smell, and taste realm. But God wants us to know everything we experience, everything that's going on, everything that's in the material found its origin in the unseen realm. Amen. And notice what it says. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer to God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By his faith, Abel still speaks instruction to us today, even though he is long dead. Faith translated Enoch from this life, for he was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from the world because God promoted him. For before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. You want to disappear off the earth? Why would God put Enoch's testimony in the Bible if that's an impossibility for every other person that lived on the earth? I don't think it is. 
I think you can live a life that pleases God so much that even death itself, if it, if it does come, has to come friendly. I'll, I'll teach on that later. You'll, you'll, you'll get that later. Amen. It, then it says this. It says, without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God for we come to God in faith knowing that He is real and that He rewards the faith of those that passionately seek Him. Amen? Now, you've got to understand some things about passionately seeking something. There is, a, there is a passionately seeking of things in your life that you really want. You go after it. You are afforded opportunity to pursue and receive it. Amen? I remember when I, when I first met Leah, you know, we, we had kind of a comical uh, courtship. <laughs> Amen. And then we ended up, praise God, at the altar. Everybody say, at the altar. Now, my pursuit of Leah had to be, when we were dating, righteous. And all the young people said, kind of weak. Amen. You say, what do you mean? We didn't cross any lines. We stayed righteous. But after we were married, I passionately pursued her. That means there was a goal to my pursuit. Some of y'all need to understand. You say, what do you mean? God wants the same thing. You say, what do you mean? The restrictions have been taken off. All of the legalism of religion that was in the Levitical a law for Israel. That's gone. The blood of Jesus is upon the mercy seat. Now you are able as a believer on earth to passionately pursue Christ. I did not, when I first came back to the Lord, I had a Bible school teacher that was a profound Bible school teacher. Frances Ward was her name. And she would always make this statement that would just rub me the wrong way. And she would talk about how much she loved her husband, how much she loved her son. Uh, her son had gotten married, how much she loved her daughter-in-law, how much she loved her family. But then she would get over here on God and say, that's nothing compared to how much I love God. I love God more than anyone on the planet. I have lived, and she, at that time she was an elderly, elderly, elderly lady. She said, I've lived all these years, I've served God. And more than anyone else in existence, I love my God. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. And then she would say this, I love to make love to my God. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm like, I didn't like that. But I was young in the Lord. I didn't understand. I didn't understand intimacy with God. Because it's hard to be intimate with something you can't see. But God has handed us from the realm of the unseen His Word for the purpose of intimacy. So he can draw us into an intimate interaction with him upon the earth because anybody that you're intimate with, you're willing to download everything of yourself into them as they download everything of themselves into you. That's the purpose of serving God. And a lot of people never experience that. But my goodness, if you ever make an attempt to pursue God in all of His glory, in all of His goodness, in all of His provision, and in all of who He really is, it's going to open up a life to you that's going to blow your mind because it is an unlimited life of pleasure in the presence of God because His Word says, In my presence is fullness of joy, and at my right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Now, that scripture in King James, let me find it here. Verse 6, but without faith, 
It is impossible to please him. The him there is God. So we'll read it like this. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God, now notice this, must believe that he is, everybody say he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, first of all, it is not the true force of faith that we talk about and teach on that convince you of the reality of God. Did you know that? Did you know the reality of God is written in the stars in the sky? It's written in nature. It's written in how God has put all of this in order and given it purpose. Literally, the Bible says if you're an observer of creation and say there is no God, you're a fool. That's what the Bible describes as a fool. You look at nature and you say, well, I guess it just all evolved. Well, it did not evolve. I like what the old preacher I heard said years ago. He said the possibility of evolution is as possible as a tornado hitting a junkyard and a 747 popping out the other end. You are gloriously and wondrously made. And so is creation, gloriously and wondrously made. Amen. But it all came from what? A realm we cannot contact with our senses. So we must be uh, uh, be believers that realize and recognize God just doesn't want to be God. You understand that? He doesn't want to just be God. He wants to be the God you need Him to be. The specific, perp- the, 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 specific the specific God that you have a specific purpose to pursue. <laughs> Too many P's. <laughs> Amen. A specific God that you have a specific purpose to To pursue. There, I got it all out. So don't ask me to say that again. Amen. So you need healing. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the God of your health and healing. You need prosperity. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the one that supplies all of your need. He is Jehovah uh, Asikanu. Your righteousness. The banner over you is love. God loves you. God cares about you. God has a plan for your life. But it's all bound up and wound up in the unseen realm. And the only way God releases things and does things from the unseen to the seen is legally. He does not do stuff illegally. Now, this will help you. I know we've touched on this when we teach on redemption and other things. But you have to understand this. Any attack of the enemy on your life, After you have become the property of God. Now a lot of people don't like that terminology because of human thinking. But you're the property either of your adversary the devil or your property of God. The Bible says you're not your own, you are bought with a price. Well I think thank God I've been bought by the right person. And I was bought with the right price, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you must understand, if you are a child of God and you're down here on this fallen earth, in which your God only can legally access you and you can only legally access Him, you must understand that every attack of the adversary against your life, against your health, against your finances, against your mind, any attack of the devil is illegal. Now let me say that again. It's illegal. Nothing the devil has ever done in his interaction with humanity has been legal from the day he got in a snake and crawled into the garden till last night when he tried to give you a sore throat. None of it's legal. But thank God we have the law of the spirit of life in Christ which makes us free from the law of sin and death. But we must do what? We must segregate ourselves from sensual confirmation of what we think we do or do not not have. 
Hey, listen, there's been times where I've sat right there where, I'm, where I sit when I'm, uh, uh, you know, enjoying the service like you are, enjoying somebody else teach or preach, enjoying praise, where I, I've had symptoms in my body. And those symptoms may have communicated to me, you shouldn't even go to church today. Amen? Now, I've never put anybody in harm or harm's way or, or carried anything infectious into the church. I'd never do that. I'm the pastor, and one of my number one jobs is to protect. But I've sat there with my bones hurting and with my, with my muscles hurting and with, or with some type of injury on me, and I've sat there, but I believed I was healed. All the physical evidence was, was, was not there, but the spiritual evidence was recognized and affirmed in heaven and recognized by me and released by what I believe. Now you think about, now listen, God is really cool. And if you really will study the Bible with a, not a religious mind, but an open mind, you will see that God all through creation, I don't know what was going on prior to 6,000 years ago. I don't know what's going to go on, you know, tomorrow. But prior to 6,000 years ago, I don't know, there could have been other generations of Whatever on the earth, uh, we know that the earth is much, much older than just 6,000 years. But 6,000 years ago, God had an idea. He wanted a family. He, want people, he wanted people made in His likeness and His image, someone He could call His own. That's my own. That's my son. That's my daughter. That's what He wanted. So He created a place for them to live, and He placed them upon that place, and illegal access happened and an adversary of God, an enemy of God, got into God's creation and just blew the whole thing apart. Amen? But from that point forward, God used legal access to begin to interact with man. He would come out of the unseen realm and he'd show up in the seen realm. Angels would show up. They ministered to people like Abraham, people like Noah, people like Moses. God would reveal himself. He'd walk with them. He'd talk with them. He'd do all kinds. See, God... God is not just interested in sitting up in heaven in a realm we cannot con and say, well, if they ever have the faith, then I might sprinkle a little dust off the banister of heaven and bless them. That's not it. God is doing everything He can do to get out of the unseen realm and to come into the seen realm to bless your life, to enhance your life, and to do everything He needs to do, everything that He's already done in Christ to deliver you and to bless you. Let me, let me say, let, let, let's settle this once and for all here at Island Church. God has no desire to withhold anything from anybody. Salvation from the lost, healing for the sick, deliverance for the oppressed, amen? Uh, peace, for the, peace for the mind that's in turmoil, joy for everyone. Somebody said that to us one time. We were over in Europe. We'd been in a series of meetings. And, and, and you know, they, they had such a strong religious spirit over there. And, and, and someone just made this statement in one of our conferences. And we'd been having one of these, these rolling on the floor conferences. People laughing every service and just getting free. There was so much oppression, so much depression in that nation. God literally had to just send a laughing revival to get it out of there. And we saw that in the, in the early 90s and God was moving. And somebody, uh, they said it to me personally. I'm trying to remember who it was. But they said this to me. They said, you make out like God wants to have a good time. But I'm telling you, religion is serious. I said, it is. Religion is serious. That's why I ain't got nothing to do with it. But the God that I serve is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I'm not going to sit around with some, you know, uh, uh, puckered up face 
trying to put on some religious act to try to convince people that there is a God. You know, I've said this for years. I don't come here to tell you what to believe. You choose what you believe. I'm up here telling you what I believe. And I don't preach anything I hadn't proved. And I've proved in my life in the last 37 years there is a God who loves me that's doing everything He can do to make Himself known to me, make Himself real to me. And the times when it has not been like that has been the time when I've been moving away from Him and not toward Him. You say, now pastor, you talk about God being in the unseen realm. Without faith it is impossible to please Him. If I come to God, I must believe that He is, that He's going to be the specific, the specific God He needs to be, needs him, that I need Him to be, and that He is a rewarder because I am diligently seeking Him. But, but sometimes it seems so hard. I've heard this statement many times. God seems so far away. Now let me just say this. I don't know why God didn't build emotion into the new covenant. We have emotional times. There's been times where I've wept. There's been times when I've laughed. There's been times when I've enjoyed the presence of God and been in awe of what God is doing. But let me just say this. If you never get a goosebump, if you never feel the presence of the Lord, if you never see a miracle, I want you to know that doesn't mean anything when it comes to the reality of what this word says about your God. Uh, one of the most powerful healing evangelists I ever knew that, 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 that he's gone on to be with the Lord that probably saw more healings than anybody else. He made this statement over and over and over. He said, if God never healed another person, I would still preach healing everywhere I go. I would tell people that God is a healing God because eventually somebody's going to believe it. And when they believe it, they're going to tap that unseen realm and pull healing right down into their life. Now, let me say this. Because we live in this realm and God exists in another, we've overcomplicated it. We put demands on ourselves that God would never put on us. And here's the, here's the strategy of your adversary. To take the liberty that God has given you in Christ and make it legalism or make it a law unto you. And you go about obeying your own law and then you get, you get bored with church. You get bored with God. There's no freshness. There's no realness because it's not about relationship anymore. But to God, that's what it's all about. He is still your, he's still your very own heavenly father. You're still his. And you know, when we use the term very own, when I say, when I say he's your very own heavenly father, you're his very own child. You know, I'm, I'm, that's a singular reference, don't you? You know what that means? That means he's the only God in the universe. You're the only person in the universe as far as God's concerned, as far as you're concerned. You say, that's abstract. No, it's not. That's how God sees you. That's how God loves you. We, 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 we delve out our love to different people in different ways on different levels. God doesn't do that. God loves us all to the maximum, to the maximum of His, of his potential of, of, God, of His love. And His love is so overwhelming you can't fight it. Well, when I came back to the Lord... I knew what the Bible said. I knew all kinds of doctrines. I'd heard hundreds of messages as a young child. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a conviction of unrighteousness. It wasn't a conviction of, of, of how bad I was. It wasn't a conviction of all of the addictions. I, the conviction that gripped me on that afternoon, on that evening of March the 4th, what gripped me was the overwhelming. I was overwhelmed by God's love. See, you can fight, you can fight doctrine. You, you, can, you can fight morality. Now, now in 
2021, we make excuses for anything that would be moral in line with the Word of God. Well, that's just, you know, it's, it's modern times. We can do anything we want. We can be anything we want. But see, you've got to let the Word of God be your standard for who you are and what you do. I thought I've done crossed all the barriers. If God's mad at anybody, it's got to be me. I found out that wasn't true. I found out that wasn't true. I found out if God loves anybody, God loves me. Amen? So he is a rewarder, if I say a rewarder, of those that diligently seek him. So he came to the earth, even his incarnation. Jesus, when the, when the Virgin Mary said yes to that angel, Jesus was conceived on the earth. There's God's invasion into the earth. God shows up. 30 years later, anoints Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost with power. And he went about showing everybody on earth, this is what God is like. When lepers cry out, heal, he heals them. When, when, when women that have been bleeding for 12 years touch his garment by faith, they're healed. He can take two fish and six loaves of, five loaves of bread and feed thousands of people. He can walk on the sea. He can steal the storm. He can die on the cross. He can raise from the dead. God was showing us, this is how much I love you. This is how much I care for you. I'm coming down. I'm invading the seen realm. I'm coming into the sensual realm. Here I am. I am God. Then he dies. He comes back, shows everybody's risen from the dead. Then he goes away in the clouds. He made the statement. The way I left, that's the way I'm coming back. So he's coming in the clouds. Amen. But then we have the beginning of what we're living in the end of. You say, what do you mean? The beginning of the acceptable year of the Lord for humanity here on the earth and humanity's opportunity to leave the bondage of the fall of man and come into God's family. But God didn't set up a big statue in Jerusalem. God didn't, God didn't, God didn't, uh, uh, He didn't have Jesus build something that everybody goes to and worships and bows down. He didn't do that. Amen. What did he do? Day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one accord in one place and suddenly there came what? Anybody know? A sound. What is a sound? A sound is something that touches the sense of man. A sound is something that stimulates the hearing mechanism that God created and everyone that heard the sound knew it was a sound. Are you with me? Then the Bible says, Then there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Now what is appear? What does that stimulate? There appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire, and it what? It sat upon... Appear means it's touching your sight. Uh, so one would look across. Look, look, there's, there's two tongues of fire on your head. There's two tongues. And people just begin to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Then... They poured out in the street and people said, you're drunk. You've been drinking early in the morning. They said, we're not drunk as you suppose. And Peter got up and began to preach that great message. Joel chapter 2, the last days, God said out of his belly would, excuse me, God said he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters would prophesy. Old men would dream dreams. Young men would see visions. This is that. Now, what was that? Was that some kind of religious service conducted in which we set up a bunch of laws and principles? No, it was a release of God. God the Holy Spirit. Oh, this is so good. You should be shouting and running. God the Holy Spirit showed up. It's not our ability to go into that realm. It's His ability to come into this realm. 
and he comes into this realm and then gives us the ability to go back into that realm and see, that's mine, and 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 that's mine as you walk through life. That's what you're doing. You're embracing that unseen realm, and that's mine. I need this for this year, and I need that for next year. God wants you to access the realm in which he is invaded out of to come into your life. That's why every once in a while, you get into a service and the Spirit of God starts moving and you actually do what? You either see something or you hear something or you feel something. Amen? I've even had it where I've smelled things. Remember that? Where were we at? I was sitting on the front row of a church fixing to preach. And this is a gifts of the Spirit in operation, but I felt something from the unseen realm. I smelled something from the... It smelled like... Somebody sitting behind me took a, took a hit off a big old joint and blew it right on the back of my neck. Say, <sighs> so how do you know what that smelled like? Leah told me. Smell that? <laughs> I'm telling you, I thought somebody was smoking weed behind me. So I got up to preach and I said, now before I preach, i got to obey God. I said, I've never had this happen to me before. I've never had discerning of spirits work in my ministry. I said, but the strangest thing is I sat on the front row before I got up to preach. It sounded like somebody just took a big old hit off a marijuana cigarette and blew it on the back of my neck. I said, that means there are people here, you're really struggling with pot. And that whole place filled up with people. Remember that? Six or eight of them were on the staff of the church. Now, these people didn't say they were smoking pot. They said they were being tempted by it. You ever been tempted by something? Tempted to go back to something? Well, it's amazing. That was God coming out of the unseen realm into the seen realm. Now, let me close with this. My time is up. Oh, my goodness. Where does my time go when I'm having fun? The only thing you possess in the natural. Now, you possess something unseen that pierces the unseen goes into the unseen and probes the mind of God, and that is your faith. One of the greatest dimensions of faith you can operate in is faith for your life, faith for your destiny. Because only on the path of righteousness has the provision been laid out for you. You say, well, I'm going to go down my own path. You won't find anything from God on that path. I went down that path. It ain't worth going down because there's nothing you can achieve for yourself that's going to give you the true joy and true peace that you want. I got off that path, got on God's path, and I found out as I walk on that path of right, Lord, I had no idea I'd need that five years down. I had no idea I'd need that ten. But God knew. But God knew. Then I've learned from the Word there is something that touches both the natural and the unseen realm, and it's something that God used when He made us in His likeness and image that gives Him the reality of being God. You say, what is that? That's your words. That's why Jesus said, by your words you're justified and by your words you're condemned. There are certain words that pierce the unseen realm and pull the provision of God. You've already experienced some of that. You say, what do you mean? Are you born again? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? I'm not talking about some religious act of good works. I'm talking about you depending 100% upon the blood of Jesus for your salvation. So you obeyed the word of God. You did what? You gave words. He is the high priest of our what? Of our... Oh, if you could just get this picture. As he sits in the unseen, in the book of Hebrews, go study some of the other chapters, fourth chapter, fifth chapter, sixth chapter. He is the... 
He is the high priest, it says in the King James, of our profession. But the true choice of words and the true translation of that word is He is the high priest of our what? Confession. So here is Jesus in the unseen realm sitting at the right hand of the Father. And the only thing that He can get a hold of from the seen realm are the words of those in the unseen realm. So when you stood before God and you said, I'm a sinner, I need a Savior, I believe in my heart, God uh, sent Jesus, died, born of a virgin, uh, lived a sinless life, died on a cross, rose from the dead for me. When you said that, you spoke words, although they were spoke in a realm that can be seen, they were received in a realm which is unseen. And he presented those words to the Father and you were born again. Amen? Now, what other words are there in the Bible? There are words of healing, words of prosperity, words of grace, words of mercy, words of whatever provision you may need on the earth. You have to learn how to speak those words so that they get recognized in the unseen realm. Two unseen realms you're recognized in. The realm of obedience when it comes to God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. Your voice is heard, your obedience is recognized, and a response is given. You ever notice how you've been blessed in your obedience? When God tells you something to do, how easy it is to get healed or blessed? When you don't do what God tells you to do, how hard it is to get healed or blessed? That's obedience, disobedience. Seeing in the unseen realm. Accepted in the unseen realm. Then there's the other unseen realm over here of the demonic. Now let me, this is my second closing, so I'll, I promise I'll close with this one. <laughs> Have you ever really been aware of the devil doing something bad to you? Your mind, your finances, physical body, different areas of your life. You thought, man, that's just a stinking devil. So what you're saying is this. I'm acknowledging there is a being I cannot see who lives in a realm that I cannot access and he's doing this to my life and I'm having to experience it in this realm, in the, in the realm where I see and hear and taste and smell and feel. You ever, you ever had that experience? It goes on just about every day, doesn't it? That's the proof of your unseen realm. He's doing it illegally. How much more could you be aware of the activity of God if you were really willing to, to pursue an intimate relationship with God through your fellowship with Him to the point that the extremes of who He is is more relevant to your life than the extremes of what the devil's trying to do to you? Say, so, you know, the devil's attacking my body and I don't feel good, but bless God, by His stripes I'm healed. You've just done something. In the unseen realm. Man, I'm telling you, the enemy has attacked my finances, but bless God, God supplies all of my need according to His riches and glory. You're doing the exact thing we've talked about over. You're, 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 you're not denying that there are facts, but you're applying the truth, and the truth comes flooding out of that unseen realm. And God becomes the God you need Him to be because you are having faith in who He is and what He can do. Amen? Lift your hands. Father, right now, we thank you for your power, your glory. We thank you that you are a God that loves us. You're a God that cares for us. And Lord, even though we look not at things that are seen, we look at things that are unseen. For we know the things that are seen are temporal and subject to change, but the things that are unseen are eternal and forever settled in heaven. So if there be anyone in here this morning
that's not in fellowship, that's not working on that relationship, thank you, Father, that your gentle conviction comes upon their heart and they make things right this morning. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around but me, if you would, if you would, if you're here this morning, say, Pastor, I'm not living right. I'm not doing right. I need to be right with God. Please pray with me. I'd love to do that. Anyone at all, lift your hand up high so I can see it. If you will, we'll pray with you. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Good. We trust everyone's right with God. We got one over here. Did I miss one? Well, good. Praise God. One raised their hand. Anyone else? Quickly. Anyone else? Glory to God. Well, stand on your feet. Everybody stand on your feet. Let's all pray this prayer out loud. And that one that raised their hand, make sure you pray it out loud so that your own ears hear it and everyone in the church is going to pray with you to support you. Amen? Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Heavenly Father. Oh, here we go. Follow after me. Here we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Thank you. He was virgin born lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. Thank you, Father. I believe it. I receive it. It's mine. I'm born again. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, areas of my life that do not please you, I confess it to you, Lord, and you alone, thanking you. The blood of Jesus cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. Here on this earth, here in this place, Island Church, June the 13th, 2021, I'm right with God. Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. I'm asking, I'm speaking into the unseen realm. God, be the God I need you to be the God of my deliverance, the God of my salvation, the God of my restoration, the God of my health, the God of my wealth, the God of my peace. Help me in every way to serve you and I will do it and I will serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now give that one a hand clap that raised their hand. Thank God for them. Amen. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for, thank you for your word, your spirit. Thank you for the fellowship we have one with another. Thank you as we leave this week, as is our tradition, we make a declaration not only from the seen realm, but we tap into the unseen and we project our lives down the next seven days of this week. We stand and believe that we are divinely protected according to your word. We claim out of the unseen realm the provision of Psalms 91 which says, No evil will befall us. No plague will come to our dwelling place. Angels of God have charge over us. So we thank you, Father, in all of our travels, highways, seaways, airways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation, and in the righteous labor of our hands, we declare we are protected. And fathers, we prayed in the early service. We pray over these freeways, these highways, this, this, this major vein or artery between Galveston and Houston that we all have to transcend up and down. Lord, we know there are multitudes, hundreds of thousands of people 
that head for this island many times just to go to the beach, just to find recreation. And many times they're distracted and the enemy causes such destruction. But Father, we thank you that we as your people are protected as we drive in and around the Houston metropolitan area, as we we go on trips across our state and into our nation. On these highways, we thank you, Father. Your protection, your safety is upon us. Thank you for the zeal of God in each and every one of us. This week, we thank you for the salt and the light that's in us. We'll get out of us that an unseen force, everywhere we go, the presence of God will be with us. People will know it. They'll sense it. They'll pick it up. And they'll want to know, what is it? What is that? What is that peace that is upon your life? As we leave today, we walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the God. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com.